On today's episode, we are ranking the top 12 dynasty running backs in the third part of a four-part series where we go through and rank the top 12 at each position in dynasty fantasy football. We've got an interesting discussion ahead of us today. I'm Avery Huffman. I'm here with Nathan Schmidt. Hello. And Simon Denny. Welcome back. Welcome to Dynasty Domain. All right, let's jump into it, and we're going to start this week how we start every week, and that's with our trade scenario of the week. What do we got this week, Simon? Oh, it's me this week again. All right, so uh, this is quite fitting because we're talking about running backs this week, and we have a big running back trade. We have Joe Mixon for Team 1 being traded for David Montgomery and a 23 first. Nathan, thoughts? Um, 23 first is gold. Montgomery is a solid running back, and... Mixon is even better. Uh, I, I think Mixon, <clears throat> if you're equating uh, Montgomery to a first, that's basically two firsts for Joe Mixon, which I think is, that's fair. That's that's equal. Um, I think what it really comes down to for, for me, what it comes down to is, A, how much you're valuing 23 firsts, which I think across the board, most people are valuing them much higher uh, than normal. And B, uh, whether you're a win now, or a um, uh, sort of maybe not even a rebuild, but uh, even a middle-of-the-pack team. I, I think if you're winning now, you're going mixing, and you have to bite the bullet, and you've got to give up what you should be giving up for a top-10 dynasty running back. And for Mixon will help you win games. He is a – if you've got him on your roster, he's either your number one option or maybe even number two option if you're winning now. Um, he's a guy that's going to help you – go over the top he's going to be a guy that's going to put up a lot of points down the stretch and um, he's shown some pretty solid consistency and I I mean his numbers speak for itself Um, Montgomery has shown uh, flashes of being a running back one in 2020 he was the RB6 I believe in PPR and um, he he took a step back this past year. Some of that was because of injury, but he just doesn't have the value that Mixon does. Um, so I, I think, again, this depends. For me, right now, uh, like for, for a couple leagues that I'm in and when now I'm taking the Mixon side. Okay. So uh, I'm not taking the Mixon side. I'm going to take David Montgomery in 2023 first. Um, you know, I do think there's a significant, you know, we ha- I think we have Joe Mixon, no spoilers, but we have Joe Mixon at seven or eight here. Um, and you know, David Montgomery, I think falls more in the 15 to 20, uh, wide receiver or running back range. So you're, you're downs hearing probably, uh, seven to 10 spots, but yeah, but that's all like big clump anyways. It, we'll get it, into that. Yeah, it is. And th- so and first of all, there's a lot of gray area in that range of running backs anyways. Uh, if you're talking situationally, like who do I, who do I think has a more ideal, like running game situation? You know, even the Bengals, what Joe Mixon was able to do last year with the Bengals offensive line is actually kind of crazy. But but with the Bears, like, you, first of all, you know the Bengals, now that you, they have an identity, you know they're going to come out and they're going to be a extremely pass-heavy offense. With the Bears, like, I would not be surprised to see the Bears run the ball a ton. And, you know, Khalil Herbert's obviously a viable backup, but they've proven that they're going to give David Montgomery starter reps and starter carries. Uh, I don't think he is a huge down tier from Joe Mixon I because number one he's a starting running back and that's obviously that's the first criteria you have to meet when you're you know talking about running backs is he's getting starter carries um 
So obviously there's a price difference there, but a 2023 first, in my opinion, even a late 2023 first, you're talking about a class that that is going to be quite a bit better than this year's class. Like you, you know, for as much as people are getting excited about this year's class because we're getting close to the rookie draft, 2023 is going to have a lot of like a lot of more solid prospects than, than this year like quarterbacks alone yeah especially quarterbacks like this year you know we're looking at the 105 106 and those are those the guys those are the guys in the draft next year there's going to be more than five or six guys i think a 2023 first more than makes up for the gap in potential and production not to mention like if you're talking about age david montgomery's younger so it's not like there's an age difference it really is just joe mixon's a better running back but you know <laughs> If you're putting a 2023 first on top of that, I I cannot I can't I don't even like picks and I can't say no to that. That just seems like it just seems too good for me to pass up. Right. Yeah. And I'm not uh, not disagreeing with you all. I could I you at all. Like I'm I can see both sides. And I think this is this is a heck of a fair trade, in my opinion. I I don't know. I yeah. I like don't, I don't. But know. if you if you're a top three team in your in your dynasty league. Wouldn't it be hard for you to turn down this offer to get Joe Mixon? What do you think, Simon? Yeah, uh, I think if I'm a top three team in my league, I I am going to take Joe Mixon, and and not that I think David Montgomery is bad by any means, and he also gets a crazy opportunity share in his own respective offense. But then we got to look at which offense is better, and I really, to be honest, don't want pieces of the Chicago's Bears offense that badly because I don't think they're going to be scoring that many touchdowns. On the other hand, the Bengals have an explosive, high-powered offense. Joe Mixon had 16 touchdowns last year. 16. And on top of that, he had a decent amount of targets, too. He had 48, 50 red zone touches, which was fifth in the league among running backs. That I mean, on a, in an offense like the Bengals, that's what you're looking for. And um, for a dependable running back who, if you're trying to go out and win your league that year and you're a top three team, I think you have to take Joe Mixon. In every other, in every other scenario, I am taking David Montgomery because yeah. he's equally, he gets equally as good opportunities. He also had 50 red zone touches, but in 13 games. And he hadn't, you know, I don't know. I just, I just don't want the Chicago's Bears offense as much. I don't think it's going to generate as many fantasy points and not as on a yeah yeah you know, I right. got it yeah. it's not going to but here's here's another way that I'm thinking about this as somebody who literally like can't have a productive struggle team because I always end up flipping them into contender teams I would make this trade I would hold on to that 2023 first for a little bit and I'd flip it for two more solid players like it depends like what does your team need if I'm a contender and I need depth then That's I take true. David Montgomery yeah. and then I flip the 23 first for two or three depth guys yeah if, if I need another star then I wait till that pick goes up and like, they're already valuable but I mean you know, it's how picks work. They're just going to go up and up in value more. I wait a little bit and then get another solid fantasy asset with with this pick. So it ends yeah. up so it ends up being like you know, for example, Joe Mixon and David Montgomery for who's somebody you could get with a twenty twenty three late first at the worst. Like, I don't really uh, know. Not right. Uh, <laughs> People are pretty crazy with any twenty three first, especially now that they don't exactly. really have um they don't they don't have those pick slots assigned to them yet so they're just seeing 23 first and selling so yeah at the worst it's like first marquise brown exactly this exact guy i had in mind really so if somebody's offering me david montgomery and marquise brown for joe mixon i'm taking the david montgomery side hmm. like and i'm a joe mixon owner and i'm a joe mixon truther i like joe mixon i like his situation there are people that hate on Joe Mixon, and I don't get it because he's one of the most productive fantasy running backs. I there used is. to be one of those. He haters, won. Actually. He, he won yeah. me a league. Yep. But I can't pass up. I just 
I don't think David Montgomery is a big enough downgrade for me to ignore the fact that the 2023 first is getting thrown in that tree. That's I and mean, the 2023 first is what does it. If it were a 2023 second, yeah. I'm probably not doing that. Like it, but it's a first. It's and the value that comes with that and the trade potential that comes with that, like as a contender, would even put me over the top. So yeah, I think I'm taking it in any scenario. But yeah, that's I, cool. I wouldn't blame anybody for keeping Joe Mixon because I like Joe Mixon. Yeah, and yeah, and on top of that, one note about Joe Mixon, kind of just aside from this trade offer, but for him as a, a as a dynasty asset. Um, for those of you who don't think that Mixon uh, can repeat what he did this past season, I would think again, uh, his, like Avery mentioned, his um, offensive line situation has improved significantly. Um, a lot of what he did, he created on his own. I mean, you're looking at guys, I'm, I'm comparing this uh, to... I mean, what, what Jonathan Taylor was able to do last year, yes, he's an incredible running back, but he also was playing behind one of the best um, offensive lines in the NFL. Marlon Mack was able to put up over 1,000 yards in 2019 behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, and he is nowhere near the caliber of Joe Mixon. You put a solid uh, top 12 O-line um, for, for Mixon in Cincinnati, and I think he's going to put up some special numbers this year. So. Yeah, the, the thing is I just don't see his volume going up. Like he's getting a lot of volume anyways, and with right, Bur- but if his volume stays the same, that's what I'm. S- I I also do. Even if it goes I think it would be a little point. bit hard for him to reproduce 16 touchdowns this year. I think because I think you know with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T Higgins with that trio kind of stepping into their own with them being so young, it's possible they take a step forward, and that can only like cut away from Joe Mixon's production. Unless, Joe, Joe, unless your defense is only focusing on those wide receiver threats. Well, because here's right? the other thing: is Joe Mixon's not really a pass catching running back, so you're not really. Right. Well, he, I mean, but, he had 48 targets last yeah, year. Yeah, That's and, really and the that's more, solid. That's yeah, more plus, than Jonathan Taylor had. Yeah. Plus, the more guys you're putting in the secondary to guard Jamar and T and Boyd, like <laughs> the more space that leaves for Mixon underneath, and the the more opportunities that leaves for him to get some pretty good rushing looks as well. So. I mean, every, every most trade calculators don't even have this as close. No, it's no, not it's even not close. close at all. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't think I. Yeah, I yeah. I really. If this trade went down between the best player in one of my leagues getting Joe Mixon and the other the other player getting David Montgomery in um, in that first, I, I'd look at it and be like, okay, makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. I, I see why they're doing that because if I was the best team in my league and I was giving away my 23 first and David Montgomery to get Joe Mixon, I'm, I'm knowing in my mind, planning on that being the 112 and, and David Montgomery, and I'm thinking, great, I am, I'm just solidifying myself as the best team. Right, yeah. And I, and I will say that the closer we get to 2023, um, the less likely this trade is realistically going to happen. I mean, so it's, I have it in as a 2023 these, late first, and it's not yeah, close. When you put it in as a mid first, it's not, it way not close. And an early first is like a blowout. So, yeah, I I guess I get what you're saying, but just, again, this is how people are valuing the 23 first, not how much. Yeah. How how what was the production difference between Mixon and Montgomery last year? Uh. Points per game. Yeah. Uh, David Montgomery had 15.1 fantasy points per game, and Joe Mixon had 18. Yeah, I'm taking the. I'm gonna take the first. Sorry, I. I that's not enough. Like if it were even five points, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. And, and last year, even in, in 2020, David Montgomery had 17.7. Yeah, he's yeah. a solid running back. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'll take. I'll take the pick, but yeah. and I'm not a picks guy. So yeah. that's an actually an interesting answer. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get started with our content today. So we are going to go through and rank the top 12 uh, dynasty running backs. Uh, I, what we'll do, like we've done in the last couple episodes, is 
we'll go through and individually rank our running backs, how we ranked them. And then at the end, I'll give the composite rankings. Um, and then we'll go through and we'll talk about where we have them ranked, where everything fell and why we had the players where we had them ranked. So, uh, Nathan, you want to kick this one off with your rankings? Yeah, I'm excited about this guys. Um, so for my top 12 running backs, um, this is fun. We, we all have the, that we have the same top two. Um, I've got Jonathan Taylor at number one, DeAndre Swift at number two, CMC, that's Christian McCaffrey at number three, Javante Williams at number four, Najee Harris at five, Dobbins at six, Saquon Barkley at, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Joe Mixon at seven, Austin Eckler at eight, Saquon Barkley at nine, Dalvin Cook at 10, Antonio Gibson at 11, and Nick Chubb at 12. All right. Uh, I've got Jonathan Taylor at number one as well. He is our consensus number one dynasty running back, in case you were wondering. Uh, and then our number two consensus is Dondre Swift. I have him at number two. Number three, I've got uh, Najee Harris. Number four, I've got Javante Williams. Number five, I've got J.K. Dobbins. Number six, I've got Christian McCaffrey. Number seven, I've got Saquon Barkley. Number eight, Joe Mixon. Number nine, Austin Eckler. Number 10, Dalvin Cook. Number 11, Antonio Gibson. Number 12, Alvin Kamara. And Simon, what are yours? All right. I also have JT as number one and Swift as number two. Then I'll follow up CMC as three. Javante Williams I have at four. Najee Harris at five. J.K. Dobbins at six. Saquon at seven. Joe Mixon at eight. At nine, I have Austin Eckler. And behind him at 10, Dalvin Cook. And then Nick Chubb at 11 and Alvin Kamara at 12. All right, so our Dynasty Domain official top 12. This is our composite uh, wide receiver, or sorry, running back rankings. Uh, the first tier of running backs by himself is Jonathan Taylor. He is our first overall Dynasty running back and the only one in the first tier. Our second tier of running backs in this order, at number two, we have DeAndre Swift. At number three, we have Christian McCaffrey. At number four, Javante Williams. And at five, Najee Harris. Our third tier of running backs is highlighted by number six, J.K. Dobbins, number seven, Saquon Barkley, and number eight, Joe Mixon. Our fourth tier of running backs include number nine, Austin Eckler, number 10, Dalvin Cook, number 11, Antonio Gibson, number 12, Nick Chubb. And Kamara is actually in that tier two. He, we have him ranked at 13, but he is right there with those other guys in terms of like a tier system. So, all right, let's go to the beginning and talk about some of these guys. So let's start with talking about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, let's just have a conversation about Jonathan Taylor for a minute here because um, he is in a tier of his own. I think we as Indianapolis Colts fans know the deal with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, obviously, everybody saw it. He came out last year and was at least in the MVP conversation. His name was being mentioned. He was having a spectacular year. Uh, as far as concerns for Jonathan Taylor this year, I do think one thing I'm thinking is for some reason – I don't know why. For some reason, the Colts have kind of let some of their offensive line guys slip away. Um, not that I don't, not that I super think it will matter with Jonathan Taylor, but I, we have seen some of those depth guys and even a starter or two for the Colts that have left the organization, and they haven't really signed anybody else. So it's kind of making me think: okay, either they believe in the offensive line guys they have now, or their offensive line actually isn't going to be their offensive line in the past for their run game has been pretty darn stellar. And it does kind of worry me that they decided to not bring half of them back. And I'm, I do have the best running back in the league. Uh, are the Colts offensive line issues a concern for you guys or no? Uh, for me, not necessarily. Uh, I think we, we saw a lot of um, consistent starters last year who went down and then there wasn't really 
a downgrade in performance uh, when it came to the guys that came up behind them. So if you can if you can bring on these guys, these new guys uh, that were backups last year that look like they're going to be starting, I think uh, it, uh, like Ball- it seems like Ballard, the GM, is looking to um, have sort of j- just pay less um, for really the same performance. So I'm, I'm thinking of guys like, I mean, Eric Fisher was a starter last year and he was garbage. Um, we saw Ryan Kelly go down for a significant amount of time with personal issues and injury. Uh, Danny Pinter came in and he was incredible. Um, and they're, they're looking to, I think, put him into the right guard position or no, he, he was at right guard. They, they had a different center who took over for, yeah, Kelly. but like, I mean, Glowinski and, left Chris, Reed, yeah, like, some of these, left, some of these guys yeah. that were good backups, they let them run. Yeah. Like, I'm, I personally am not super concerned, especially I, I'd be more concerned maybe for, like, as a team, if they're able to protect Matt Ryan as much, I still don't think it's that much of an issue. I definitely don't think it's going to affect Taylor that much, like almost at all from a fantasy perspective, especially. Simon, so, what do you think? Uh, I'm not worried about the line really affecting him. I mean, he had, he had 1,800 yards last year, five and a half yards per carry, 20 total touchdowns. I mean, I mean, he was unstoppable last year. We even saw times where he'd get stopped. He'd get hit two yards behind the line of scrimmage and still turn it into a ten yard run. Yeah, a lot of the stuff he was and, putting um, up was his own. Not not that we can expect him to do that every time, but oh Jonathan Taylor is so incredible. He had three point seven two yards per, created per touch, which is third in the league. That's I have no clue what that means. Oh, that's that's like the efficiency thing that you use. So, you know, like running backs coming out of college. <laughs> That's how you kind of... Is that your stat of the day? The um, (laughs) What's it called? That is... uh, Yards created per touch. Yards created... You've never heard of this? Have you heard that? I mean, we're pretty diehard NFL fans, and we've never heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's that's one I look at quite often when I'm looking at running backs coming out of college. Yeah, Yeah, me too. too. For instance, Kenneth Walker's leading leading all the running backs (laughs) in yards created per touch in this year's class. Um, Simon's (laughs) our stat, man. I know. I don't don't understand any of these stats, but... I'm literally like studying statistics. I'm about to graduate with a degree in math, and I don't understand this stuff. I'm like, what is that? I mean, it's an interesting stat. I here's I one that yeah. I've not heard of: true yards per carry. Yeah, what does that even mean? I don't know. True, I'll have to yards. read up on that one. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So you guys don't think <laughs> moving that, on. The I, offensive line's I, not a concern for Taylor. Uh, no, a potential, he's a potential one. upgrade for Taylor this year would be the quarterback situation, and that's with Matt Ryan coming in. Uh, People can say this doesn't matter all they want, but it actually does matter. Matt Ryan historically has been fairly good with running backs out of the backfield catching passes. Uh, You know, this actually could end up benefiting Jonathan Taylor. I think it's going to benefit Naheem Hines a bit more. A bit more, yes. Yeah. But but do you you guys see Taylor taking any increased increased passing volume from that offense this year? Yeah, he he could. And if he does... um I, I really, I honestly think it could eventually just even out. If he gets more from the passing game, he might get a little less from the running game. He's going to create no matter what you give him. So um, I won't be surprised if he ends up being the running back one overall this year again. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's about all I got. Yeah, so I, w- I, w- not, I wouldn't be surprised with that either. Obviously, he's only 23 this. years old, and he's the best running back in the league. Yes. He's one of yeah. the best running backs in a while. And, so. and he gets crazy volume. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty undisputed. All right, let's talk about our second tier here. Uh, we'll start with DeAndre Swift since we had him, Al, at number two. Uh, I'm, this is just something I'm not understanding recently because I'm seeing people take Kyle Pitts over DeAndre Swift in rookie drafts, uh, and I really just don't get it because I do think DeAndre Swift, uh, not only in the situation he is now with that Detroit Lions offense, bad team, not super good quarterback. Uh, if he can stay healthy with him, you know, the, che- the amount of checkdowns that they're going to do and then the, the pure talent running the ball, like, I mean, DeAndre Swift, you, you, you the comparisons for him in a fantasy aspect are Alvin Kamara and obviously Kamara like was the one of the players of the decade the last in the 2010s like I mean he was ridiculously consistent and ridiculously productive and I think DeAndre Swift absolutely has that capability and we're out here taking a tight end on the Atlanta Falcons over him so that's just something I'm not getting I'm high on Swift but I think you guys are too I think I think for us all to rank him you know number two here says a lot about how highly we think of him I like I said I still like his situation and even if a rookie quarterback comes in there in in Detroit uh, I like that situation as well what are you guys thinking about DeAndre Swift chase the targets he had 13 games and 78 targets. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. th- that's just oh. a breeding ground for points because in a PPR league, he's getting one point for every single one of those plus the yardage added at the end and all the touchdowns that he's scoring. And he gets those red zone touches. He's their red zone running back because he's capable of passing and he's still a decent rusher. So his chances yeah. at those touchdowns are just, oh my, he, yeah. Yeah, and since we've been talking about O-line a bunch this episode, let's just continue that. Let's let's, let's keep going sure. on that train. Swifty has a sneaky good o- O-line in uh, They're actually in kind Detroit. of a, They're, they could be a sneaky decent football they team. They could be a sneaky decent football team, especially in the NFC when there's not <laughs> that much competition the compared NFC to the sucks. AFC. Um, but Swifty, I mean, I don't know what what is there not to like about his situation. Whether he's playing with Jared Goff for the next two years or they, surprise, surprise, get another quarterback that's better, like uh, drafting Malik Willis, like I, I just don't see a downside to whoever they have um, throwing the ball, uh, handing it off, who, who, whoever's under center there. Like I, I, I don't see... I don't see a downside to this guy. I don't. I, I don't either. And I don't. The the only concern I would have is he had like one injury last year where he missed a significant amount of time. But yeah, I mean CMC is our overall oh, RB three, and like he's not mine. Yes, but like he's still he's still a top. He's he's actually yeah, I mean, he's sure. injured way more than. So I don't know. I just I I love everything about Swifty's situation, and again, this is consensus for us. Um, I I don't think that we're gonna argue much about this guy. So. Yeah. Um, I just so we're clear, just for some good dynasty domain startup draft advice. You're in a startup draft, you're taking Kyle Pitts or DeAndre Swift. Swift, 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 and then probably Swift. Simon, what about you? Uh, I wasn't paying attention. What did you say? You're taking Swift or Pitts in a startup draft. Oh, I'll take DeAndre Swift. Okay. Yeah. And I would too. So if, uh, I, if I'm drafting, yeah, let me just expand on that. Sorry. If I'm drafting right. someone in the late first round or even early second, I'm drafting a cornerstone for my dynasty team. And I get people are looking at Kyle Pitts and saying it screams value, but it's not quite guaranteed value. It's more of a market value. Is it really there yet? It's like we talk about currency. Is the currency really backed? Um, and DeAndre Swift, it has been because we've yep. seen him produced. Yeah. Plus, like, who, maybe from a value perspective, some people think Kyle Pitts is more valuable than a Swift, but who is going to trade you one for one Kyle Pitts for Swift? Because chances are, whoever owns DeAndre Swift, they have him as their number one running back option. He is their top running back. Unless starter. you have Jonathan Taylor. And they're not going to be willing to give you a top 
running back for for Kyle Pitts uh, as a tight end. So I I just don't like what they'll probably give you are multiple picks, multiple firsts. And he's worth and what three firsts? Apparently, yes. people think he's worth three firsts. I think that's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Swift all day. No, I'm saying Swift is worth three firsts. Oh, Swift, Swift is, is worth yeah, three Swift firsts. is worth three, three firsts. Yeah. I thought you were saying Pitts is worth no, three firsts. No, gosh, people we, think Pitts is worth three firsts. We got to stop talking about Kyle Pitts. All yeah. Right. Um, well, he's our uh, dynasty tight end one. I know what we talked yeah, about him last week. It's yeah. Very funny. I just, I just, that's the one thing I see like Swift going after him, and I'm like, are you people? Yeah, yeah. RB two well, is greater I'm, than tight end one. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully okay to to fade tight ends until tight ends start scoring. The tight end one starts scoring as much as the running back five. Yeah, you know. thank you. Okay, uh, let's move on. All right, I'm going to give you guys both the floor, and I want right. you to tell me why you have Christian McCaffrey at number three because I have him at number six. In 2019, Christian McCaffrey averaged 29.3 points per game as the RB1. Jonathan Taylor this last year as the RB1 averaged 21.9. points less per game. And, and that wins you fantasy matches. That is huge. I mean, oh my, he had 2,300 scrimmage yards in 19 touchdowns and um even in 2020 yep. only playing yep. three games he averaged 30.1 points Preach per game it, brother this last year he only played seven games but i'd Preach say it. four of those seven he didn't play more than half of and he yep. was still 18.2 points per game yeah anyways he's incredible it, yeah i th- i think uh again i this is another thing where I'm just like, man, the the short memory of dynasty owners when it comes to these sort of players that are just incredible in fantasy. Uh, th- this goes for guys like Deshaun Watson, um, as well. Like we've talked about this before, but don't, man, CMC. The the obviously we all know the biggest if is if he's healthy and, but man, when he's on there. It's just we we've never seen anything like it before when it comes to running back production. Even Jonathan Taylor is, oh, it, it, I I have a hard time. Um, it, I would be lying to you if I thought that it wasn't a risk drafting CMC as the third running back off the board ahead of Javante Williams and Najee Harris. But McCaffrey's upside is significantly higher, I believe, than those two, and. He's not that much older than Najee Harris, so uh, he's that, almost twenty six. Yeah, and Najee is twenty four. Correct. I mean, or is he going to be? Uh, he was twenty four starting in the starting at the beginning of the twenty one season, so he'll he'll be. Uh, no, I think he just turned twenty four in the last couple of months. But, but, but it, even still, that's almost still, two years. But, but, and two years for a running back. No, but it's not even about the age. It's it's about the, so you hear. Yeah. So this is. I'll go on my tangent now. You hear this all the time. With the running backs, it's two to three year window, right? Yeah. Uh, unless you're Alvin Kamara and it's like six years. Yeah, that I mean he's an outlier but, though. That's uh, why yeah. he's that's why he's like one of the last the fantasy players of like one of the last the decade because he legit was a unicorn. He production wise and Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara aren't even in the same conversation. Like for me, uh, the years that listen, the years that Christian McCaffrey was, you know, killing it, Christian McCaffrey was one of the best fantasy players I've ever seen in my life. Ridiculous. I mean, you're talking about unmatched production, like otherworldly numbers, just absolutely insane. Here's the hard truth, guys. It's not 2019 anymore. Okay, it's been two full two full dynasty years now since he is winning you a league. And if you have him on your roster, the last two years with the amount of draft capital you've put into Christian McCaffrey, he is hurting your team, and he is a bust for your team in the last two years. Yeah. Okay, I don't have any 
particular reason to believe that he is going to flip that script this year. He has played in the league now for five years. It has been three years since he has been ultra productive. I don't see him coming back and putting up his 2019 numbers again. I, I, do, I just don't see it. I think a more likely scenario for Chris McCaffrey is that he continues to have more of an injury riddled career and he kind of just fizzles out because I'm not, I don't know a lot of times you see a running back who completes their two to three year solid window and then has a sharp drop off and then just comes back right, right onto the scene and then performs as the, where we have them at the running back three. Adrian Peterson. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he, He put up RB one numbers way after his prime. Uh, really, Still, I think 2019 was the last year that he did that, right? Yeah. AP was he a running back one in 2019? No, 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 not one overall. No, 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 no. No, was he a running back one in 2019? That's uh, let, let me look it up again. Was, again, though, he I was d- on Detroit. Again, for though, I mean, you have one, two, five years of AP. No, he was running back 37. Yeah, listen. What year? In 2019. From from 20. Yeah, he was not good. From 2009 to 2013, you had Adrian Peterson like consistently finishing in the top 10. And a couple of those years, you know, he, and one of those years is number one in PPR. But with Adrian Peterson, like number one, he's one of the best running backs of all time. And I wouldn't put Christian McCaffrey there. Number two, you saw he had his six-year window like Kamara, which is a little bit more unique for a running back. He got hurt. He came back, had another good year. And then for the past, what, seven he has not been good. Just not been good. He's just he's not he never did return to that that form where he was producing as a top five fantasy running back every year. Yeah. So you saw it as when it, when he when his drop off started, he never did get back. The highest he ever got again was nineteen in PPR leagues. I could see Christian McCaffrey finishing as nineteen in PPR league easy this year. I could see him finishing in the top fifteen. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not seeing him finish as a top five. I mean, I'm looking at the guys I have ranked in front of him, Javante Williams. If I'm if I'm in a startup draft and I see Javante and Christian McCaffrey, I'm taking Javante. It's a young guy that number one that what? Nothing. Nothing. Sorry, go ahead. No. Javante's number one, he's a young guy. He doesn't have a ton of injury history. And if Melvin Gordon, you know, you know that Melvin Gordon is he might be leaving the Broncos. Maybe, yeah. There, yeah. <laughs> everyone's just, everyone is assuming that he's a Raven right now, which I think is hilarious because that is funny. Them. But I'm okay, like, so why is Dobbins dropping in? So value? theoretically, if if Melvin Gordon <laughs> leaves the Broncos, that. are you taking Javante or Christian McCaffrey? I mean, if you're contending, do you really want to take that risk? I don't. I have no shares. Would of you rather McCaffrey. take CMC, who is the offense? He he is the Panthers' offense, or would you take Javante, who Sings- is playing with Russ? Judy Sutton, a Javante. Somebody saying somebody is the Panthers' offense is not saying much because their offense is not much, and it hasn't. Well, it hasn't been much since yeah. he's been their offense and been the but, RB. But even one. when he was, who was their quarterback when he was? I mean, and he and, and Cam was still playing at a decent level when he was. That team wasn't that bad. You remember that, right? Those teams, those years, they weren't terrible. They're not good this year. He's not going to come back. I just don't see it. I, I'm I'm just not. I'm, st- I'm as a contender. I'm staying away from Christian McCaffrey. He, I I'm and I'm just going out on a limb and trying to get out in front of this all. I think he's going to keep getting hurt, or I think he just won't ever get back to the production that he will. Not I, yeah. from a combination of a couple of things. Number one, he's aging. Number two, I don't think that there will be that many opportunities or as many opportunities as there were the first time he went and went crazy. Yeah, and, and keep in mind we have Swift, McCaffrey, Williams, and Harris all in the same tier. So there can 
going to be a bit of variation with this. What I I will say, Avery, to your credit, like it, I struggled when it came to CMC versus Javante and Najee. Like it, oh, it, it is definitely a weird situation where the age gap is is pretty significant, but also. It, this just depends on like uh, what what do you think Najee is gonna do uh, when when Big Ben is gone? Do you think he's gonna take a bit of a drop? What do you think Javante is gonna do with a brand new quarterback? CMC CMC's situation compared to Javante Williams and Najee Harris has is is basic is pretty insignificant compared to their changes um, in the offense. So again, I I picked CMC at three. Again, this is a soft choice at three four five for me same for simon simon and i both had cmc javante and naji in that respective order um but again like this is this is uh this is either or to me this is either or i just i just i i for me it's not i can't i I have jk dobbins ranked above christian mccaffrey too i'd rather have jk dobbins on my on my contending team i'd rather have him on my rebuild team he's young he's young on elite or on a team that loves running the ball he is ultra talented he was ultra good in college he's a good prospect and here's another question that i think is worth posing if christian mccaffrey deserves to be ranked this high then why doesn't saquon barkley deserve to be ranked this high they're both on crappy teams. Saquon Barkley was the better prospect coming out of college. They've both been hurt for two years now. Saquon Barkley also was the running back one in PPR leagues at one point. The difference is Saquon is younger, but people are just ranking Saquon so much lower. I don't see a whole lot of difference between their situations. I have Saquon at number seven. So I have I have Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley yeah, valued we, yeah, very we don't sim- differ, similarly. We don't differ too far with Saquon compared to CMC. I mean, you guys have... So. You guys have no, Simon agrees with you. Simon has Saquon at yeah, seven. Yeah, you have them six I, I spots have apart. At, you have Saquon at nine and, and Christian McCaffrey at three. Oh, yeah. Why? What's the big difference there? Because, 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 I, because he went crazy one year. Who? CMC. Yeah. Yes, but also I. But it doesn't I matter. I just I like his I like his situation better than I like Saquon's. Like I, How? I just do. How do you like either of those situations? Because what's the difference? <laughs> The, again, like I said, the difference is the the biggest change uh, among Williams, Najee, and CMC is 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 Williams and Najee. CMC is essentially going to be he's basically going to be playing on the same offense as he I has mean, been. It's a for pretty the last big change when you years. didn't play it all last year and you're going to play this year. I mean, that's a change in itself. Like their offense is going to completely change when he's on the field. But the but the the Panthers situation is not better than the Giants. It's just not. no, no, no. no it's it's not. not. But. I mean, I and, think the thing with Saquon and CMC is we're chasing the upside of if they are healthy, um, because if either of them are healthy, they are they're top five potential players. Well, they absolutely are. That's why that's why I'm confused as to why you guys have their potential number one overall player. They absolutely are. That's why I'm confused on why you have them ranked so far apart. Yeah, because CMC's averaged thirty points a game and, and Saquon hasn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, but Saquon still that his rookie year was the running back one, like. Yeah, but Jonathan Taylor is the running back one this year, averaging eight and a half points less than CMC was his year. So are we really going to go through and compare every running back one to Christian McCaffrey? No, I'm McCaffrey just saying Christian McCaffrey literally has the highest ceiling of any player in fantasy football, no, other than any, maybe Lamar Jackson. Not, I mean, he did. I don't know why he would anymore. He, he, I mean, he's just that's what I'm that's and that's what I'm trying to get out in front of. I just don't think it's there anymore. I think the ceiling was there. I he's the same age as Joe Mixon. 
Okay, yeah. but Joe Mixon was hurt last year and he came back and, and did this. But Joe Mixon hasn't played in the league as long as, as they've McCaffrey, both been huh? in the league five years. Have they both been in the league the same amount of time? I believe so. I mean, I could be off by one year there, Mixon but 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 are we really really, really worried years. about one season there? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm saying no. You're right. Five years. Okay. Yeah. I would absolutely again. Avery, I would absolutely be lying to everyone listening and to you if I didn't think there was risk in taking McCaffrey as a third running back overall in a startup league. And to be completely honest, this is why I have them three, four, five in the same tier. To be completely honest, I would probably rotate like who I would pick among those three for sure. But I had to pick someone. And it just happens, just so happens that right now I'm picking McCaffrey at number three. A soft three, Javante and William, Javante Williams and Najee Harris are breathing down his neck. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't think I don't think we're gonna have a consensus for, for you here because I, I'm telling you not. I'm really, I mean, I'm telling you just kind of avoid Christian McCaffrey. I, yeah. I still put him at six just because of his ceiling, like because he does still have yeah. upside. Yeah. But, so we still, I mean, we still sort of but see again, the same thing. You just think that upside is a little less significant than how we. I just think it's less likely to. Right I just think it's less likely to reoccur. Yes. Yeah, I, under, um, I understand that. Completely understand that. If he's any less valuable than that, though, I think, I think that's a little crazy to value him any less than a top six for sure. So I mean, Joe Mixon has been more consistent than Christian McCaffrey. Consistent, more consistent, mm-hmm. and I have Joe Mixon ranked two spots lower. I mean, there's pretty much there's a lot of running backs that have been more consistent in the last many years. Derrick Henry has really been more consistent, <laughs> consistently on the field or consistently producing. Producing. 14 points per game, yeah, 24, yeah, even 29, when CMC 30, 18. he was on the field this year, he I, I was mean, putting up ridiculous numbers still. I, I feel like we're just so, going yeah, on. Yeah, we're, we're beating a dead horse. I, I think we should move on to Javante and Najee yes. because we do have them. Uh, Avery has them 3-4. Uh, We've got them 4-5. So yeah. let, let's talk about the difference between these two, what we like about them, uh, what we don't like about them, why we may have one over the other. Uh, let's start with Simon on this one. Uh, Javante Williams. All right, so I'm not I'm not buying into the Javante hype quite as much as everyone else because I feel like he's he's reached a price where um, his value is almost eh, kind of in the Kyle Pitts level where he's not even can he really outperform this? At the best case scenario, he's going to perform to his value, right? Because he's being I mean he's being drafted in Dynasty as the running back too in quite a few leagues. I've been in leagues where he's been drafted right after Jonathan Taylor. I saw him drafted at the 108. And I'm not saying everyone's doing that, but how dominant are you expecting him to be that he's going to outproduce that or even meet that expectation? Uh, we, we all saw how good he looked last year um, in, in certain clips and such, but I don't know. I, I really expect that that offense with Russ and those dynamic pass catchers to be a pass first offense for the most part. And um, with Melvin Gordon's vacated carries and e- even those targets and those touchdowns, uh, Javante certainly has potential to be a top 12 fantasy running back. And, and I see him as that because I have him ranked as my number four, or my number five Um He's only 21 right now. He will be 22 next season. And he has all that potential, but man, do we are really we really expect him to to outperform his current ADP? And I think there's there's hardly a world in which that happens. Probably not. I don't I don't think that he's. But at the same time, like it's just it's a funny situation because I'm taking him over Najee still, and I'm still going to take him over JK because I do think he's 
Yeah, he has, he has a little bit more upside oh, than yes. JK. Yes. So yeah, oh, he, he you're, can you're right. He is one of those guys to where he's probably not going to outperform his ranking. But I also think he's likely to perform to the level of his ranking this year. Like I said, I mean, if if Melvin Gordon goes, doesn't that bump his stock up? Some? No, 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 it does, and it already has in my mind. I mean, I have him as my dynasty running back four, and um, even you, you said you have him over J.K. Dobbins, and, and I do too, because even last year, sharing that backfield with Melvin Gordon, he had 53 targets, and, and uh, J.K. Dobbins, I think, in his, in his rookie year. Maths. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Dobbins only had like 26 or 28 targets, so so we're automatically giving him that that PPR boost, and um, we saw how dominant he was as a runner, and, and so we are giving him that. But he, I don't see Javante Williams being one of those guys averaging 25 points per game. Yeah, I think um, probably not. For him, I think it's more just the upside and talent, and then the potential for consistency. That is the thing where it's like. I think he's good enough to come out and consistently produce because he doesn't seem like he's very injury prone. And to me, that's a good sign looking at how well he runs the ball and how strong of a runner he is. And not to mention, you know, with as well as he did last year, Melvin Gordon got a lot of those red zone touches. So his put his put his production actually could, I guess his production could increase. Where did he finish at last year in terms of like in PPR leagues? Do you guys know? I don't. Uh, Javante, where did he finish in PPR? Yeah. Uh, overall, seventeenth in PPR. Leagues. I mean, I think he finishes top ten uh, this year. Najee yeah. is third yeah. in yeah. PPR. Overall so I guess, last yeah, but, year. but even then, like if he, even when he, if he jumps up top, yeah, six, and, and his 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 ranking's not going to jump. That production as a twenty-two year old running back cements him as a top five. I option. could see him jumping Najee in my ranking, so I could see having Javante as high as my number three. Yeah, that's. But I don't see him ever jumping Taylor Swift for the for the foreseeable future. Uh, what about Najee? Obviously, Najee, like, with the Steelers, they have an interesting situation because Najee was getting a ton of checkdowns last year, but he's obviously only a rookie. He's he's talented, but now they've got Mitch in there. I don't think they're going to throw as much to Najee. Uh, what are you guys thinking about Najee Harris right now? I mean, because I, some people have him as high as running back three, and I just yeah. can't put him there. Man, man the, the more... Or I did put him there. I have, do, I, have him, I have him at RB3. Yeah. Him and Javante are yeah. interchangeable for me, yeah. I think. so. Yeah, I... It's so funny because I I'm, I feel like I'm so bipolar when it comes to my opinions on Najee versus Javante, and then at the end of the day, I just have to pick one over the other. <laughs> and it just so happens that one day I picked uh, Javante Williams over Najee Harris, and sometimes I agree with myself on that, and sometimes I don't. I personally actually like Najee's situation better than I like Javante's. I, when it comes to the upside and promise of consistency, I actually like Najee Harris's situation better. Yeah, than his, his opportunities are crazy. And, yeah, and I think a lot of the reason that people value Javante so highly is because of his age versus Harris's. Um, Harris, like you said, just turned 24. Uh, Javante is actually still 21. He'll be 22 soon. But that's, man. Uh, specifically with Javante, I I just change like like I go from being like man this guy's overvalued to being like wow this guy is the real deal, and I can't decide. I am pretty consistent and set on how I feel about Najee Harris. I do believe that with the absence of Ben Roethlisberger, that could hurt him a little bit when it comes to the passing game. But uh, when it comes to consistent carries every game, I'm really 
I'm really liking Najee's situation, uh, whether that's Trubisky starting every week um, or not. Like, I mean, look at the numbers that David Montgomery put up in, in 2020 when Mitch Trubisky was, well, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky was splitting time with Nick Foles. But um, th- those, those, are the, those are the numbers that I would be expecting from Najee. And I mean, he's already shown it as well. Javante was, again, playing with Melvin Gordon at RB17 in PPR. Najee was RB13. Or Najee was RB3, my bad. Not 13, that's what I I meant, three. Um, So Najee is, I I couldn't leave him out of the top five. Um, I I put him after Javante again. A lot of the reason is because of that age. And man, sometimes you just see Javante run and and he's like, man, this guy's on another level. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. What do you think? Um, Stop stop laughing at my voice cracks, man. My name's Nathan. (laughs) Guys, fantasy football. Um, Nathan is 14 years old. Um, Uh Najee, I think... I feel like I almost fade him sometimes. He had 94 targets last year. Yeah, that's not going to happen again. That's not going to happen again. Don't 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 use that, that potential. I mean, yeah, I could see that, it. I, mean, I could see it. Technically, being any 70. running back has the potential to get that many targets. Yeah, but he's yeah, but he can do it. Like he can catch the ball. He's good. He's yeah. good. He yeah, good yeah. Hands. you're right. You're right. Yes. Um, he had 424 routes run. That is that's crazy. That's yeah. far and away first yeah. place among running I don't think you're fading backs. him. Like we have him one spot yeah, apart. Yeah, five. But like I'm saying, that potential. That's the type of thing we were seeing like with CMC. He's running all those routes. He's catching all those passes. And um, I, I honestly think out of the this group of young guys, Najee is prob- probably has the highest ceiling out of them because he's a better rusher than, than DeAndre Swift. And um, the problem is, it presents itself again, is the Steelers' offensive line. It is, it's atrocious. And um, I think Najee Harris was... The uh, he had the earliest or the fewest yards before he was hit behind the yard line of scrimmage. I forget the name of the stat, um, and, I, and I know you guys you guys will laugh at it. But he was being hurt essentially like a full yard before the other running backs in the league on, on each of his carries. And did you say hurt? Hit. Okay. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I was I'm like, sorry. was he yeah. really? <laughs> no, he he was being hit like a full yard sooner. Most of the other running backs get hurt at like you know after three yards. After three then, yards, yeah. he was getting hurt at <laughs> two oh, yards. Yeah. No, that's Christian McCaffrey. He steps Ankle. one foot on the field. <laughs> Everyone else makes yes. two feet on the. F- anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, no, if Najee had a good offensive line, you put Najee Harris on the Colts, and oh boy. And we don't need to. I mean, he's no, not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I. I don't yeah, think you're and honestly. Him too I much. think that's. I think that's why a lot of the reason why I've been slightly impressed with Najee Harris is with the garbage offensive line. He was still able to put up running yeah. back three numbers. So yeah, he's a top five and running I, back. And I have him one spot higher so. than you guys. I have him at four. You guys yeah. have him at five. Yeah. I did update something while we were sitting here. Believe it or not, how dare I? Uh, I put Javante in front of Najee Harris. I'm, that was, I think fine. that was a mistake on my part because I do th- I do like Javante a little bit it more. Was a, it was a tie. So that does yeah. put Javante at three, Christian McCaffrey at four. That does affect that ranking. Um, but with that being said, oh, you ruined the algorithm. Well, actually, it was it was yeah, a, it was know. a tie it for three. So it looks prettier now. It does. Yeah, it does. Um, but. And then the other thing I changed, I put Joe Mixon ahead of Saquon Barkley, hmm. which you have him like that, you don't. So yes. it's, that's kind of interesting. We'll get there. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, they I don't, don't know who you, you know, were saying you to. You, Avery was pointing at us. No, they, no, they don't need to know. <laughs> They're going to find out. Yes. Let's um, talk about Dobbins. Yeah. So and Dobbins is another guy that I have above Christian McGaffrey. This is yeah, the last. This is the, this is the last Love guy though. Him. Um, now 
if Melvin Gordon goes to Baltimore, what do you guys think? Does that affect Dobbins? I mean, no. I know how you guys feel about this. I'm just, I'm egging you on. Go ahead, explain. Then no. go for it. Because, okay. Because could it be, I mean, it could be a committee backfield. You have to understand why people are at least concerned, right? Not really. I, I, okay, I guess fine, because Melvin Gordon was, Melvin Gordon produced a lot, a, a lot more than we thought he would last year um, with Devontae in the backfield with the Broncos. He is approaching a, or if he even goes to Baltimore, this is all theoretical, guys. He hasn't even gone to Baltimore yet. Everyone's assuming that he's a Raven when he met with them. Do you know who else met with another team? Malik Willis met with the Colts. Malik Willis is not going to be a Colt. Yeah, but but like, that's different. It, he's a rookie. It, it, it's apples and oranges. Okay. You could have said J.D. McKissick signed There's a the lot Bills. of players that meet with a lot of teams. Dude, you're distorting and the mic. Being, you need to calm down. I'm sorry. You're your face is red. <laughs> I, I get red. very fiery about this. It's true. J.K. Dobbins should not be He's dropping blushing. in value. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Dobbins. Oh, Nathan's, Nathan's blushing. blushing. It's really blushing. cute with your hair, your I, hair clip. Uh, yeah, Nathan has. I'm, I'm his, just, he's growing out his hair. I, I don't know really, why. <laughs> and, he, and he has this hair clip. He's that so he wears flustered right now. Oh we got gosh. him. I'm so Man, fiery some hipster about college student who, who <laughs> plays fantasy football <laughs> and hair clips his hair back. So Melvin Love Gordon is better than J.K. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I'm red in the face because I get so fiery when I see Dobbins drop in value in the dynasty community yeah, he because he Melvin Gordon drop. met with the Ravens. If anything, it helps Dobbins and his longevity. It, yeah, it literally, it does not change a thing for me. A thing. It shouldn't. So You're right. You're right. That, that's all I have to say. I'll let you guys talk about the stats because I'm too fiery and I'm blushing too much apparently, but... Simon, let's hear more. Let's hear random more about some stats. random stats yeah, yeah, about yeah, J.K. Yeah. Dobbins. I got, I got you. Uh, no. The created air yards per carry per capita. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's a good one. That's my, that's my favorite. Um, J.K. Dobster in his in his rookie year only had a forty six point nine percent snap share and was still. I know I said Dobster. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think it's funny. Um, and he was still showing out as one of the best running backs, like dominant runners rushers in the leagues he was i know you don't care as much as i do about yards per carry but he was averaging 6.1 yards per Ladies carry and the yards per carry fallacy yeah we all know how yes. amazing at rushing jk dobster is the problem is he his target share was 6.6 percent and that's not what we're looking for yeah. in a bell cow running back no um so i think this is about his peak uh he he can't get much higher than that I think this is generous too. Like yeah. considering yeah, especially with really Lamar play, Jackson like, being an and RB Lamar one. Jackson, yeah, I think this is a generous ranking. Yeah, no, it is. I think, but I think it's a, I think it's an accurate. I just, ranking. I just generous, love J.K. Dobbins sure. is so incredibly good at football, and, and he's a good football player. Yes. Man. You're right. Oh, he's you're so absolutely good. right. Yeah, uh, we've yeah, got, look up his highlight reel, man. He yeah. puts up some. Yeah, whoo, some I mean, of his rushes are. Yeah, like whoa. Yes, hello. Yeah. Um, Don't forget it, guys. Don't we've got it. we've got Joe Mixon here at number seven in the same tier as J.K. Dobbins. Uh, we talked I, a lot about Mixon. Nathan yeah. and I have him at seven, and Simon, you have him at number eight. Joe Mixon is underrated in fantasy football. He is going to produce next year. He probably will produce again the year after. He's producing at a very high level in a best ball league. You're absolutely getting Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon is going out there and putting up twenty-five to thirty-point games pretty much like every three games at this point. And the games where he's not putting up those numbers, he's still actually consistently putting up at least 10 points. I don't know if anybody has his game log from last year, but I'm telling you, the man was consistent and had some really, really just offensive firepower Yeah, games. he had like one stretch where he scored like seven, eight, nine points. But other than that, he was he was pretty insane. So, uh, yeah, love the guy. Used to not 
but man, the more I looked into his game log, the more I looked into his situation. I yeah, it's just, this is funny. I I used to uh, I finally came to the light side of the force and uh, took the Joe Mixon side because gosh, I used to. I couldn't stand him. I I was like it's one. Like I a, was one a, that would swear that Joe Mixon was not going to put up the same yep. same numbers. Fe- that he I mean, did it was in February. It was in February. And, you hated Joe Mixon. Like, yeah. this has been a, quite the transformation. Yeah. Well, no, opinions. not not in February. It was last the, year. The latest we were, was yeah. it, it was in December. No, you you definitely. And then he still, went up and won you the league. You definitely so. still hated him in January because you traded for him in February, and that is when you started like oh, realizing. Yeah. So. Okay, Nathan fine. has this infatuation with anyone he owns on his teams. No, I don't. I trade. I've hey, traded away true? so much of my team. I think. I think, I think it's actually less. I think you both are like that. You, oh you're yeah. More, yes. No, I love J.K. Dobbins just because I, I got I him think, his rookie year, and I'm I think still obsessed I, with I, him. I, I'm not, and I'm not just tooting my own horn. I think I'm the least like that. I, I think I do the best job of not getting super. Unless it's Marquise Brown. If here, anyone's in a league but with Avery, but I don't even own him. Like that's the thing. I hardly have any shares because I can't get him at the price I want him. Here's the thing with Simon. Which shows like I won't overpay for guys like that. Simon romanticizes like his players Simon is and then in love he, with he's these like players. oh my gosh I love Debo Samuel I went out and bought him he's on my team he's gonna win me the league hey I think I should go sell him well <laughs> like hey you're he, right he was a wide receiver three I'm gonna go sell him yeah that's true and and he he <laughs> exactly did that he oh does. my gosh he did that with that's like exactly well and it's all it's all I'm all about I, I think it, I'm a oh little bit into playing the market so i'll go out and, and yes. see a player Dude, i see potential in. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're right i think uh, of the three of us i'm definitely the most conservative like yeah, I, you I think you guys <clears throat> i i'm defending myself a little bit with this i don't, I don't even know why we're I talking don't, about I, this yeah i don't think i love my players as much as you think i do i think i'm just more conservative than you are um like i like to kind of you know who's a player a i really like happens, at their current price who who uh saquon barkley who we have at number eight but saquon broccoli the thing is here <laughs> i've heard that's true i'll i'll, I'll buy saquon barkley this whole offseason if he then turns around and is running back three i'm selling him you know that that's how i play fantasy football well i think that's how you should play fantasy Uh, football i mean but because he's not going to do that for a a long time after being running back 27 this last year and points per game last year playing two games the game before uh, the year before only playing 13 games and being running back seven i mean he's not lived up to his rookie rookie hype ever since his rookie year really but we still see that that potential and that's why we have him as high as our dynasty running back eight um because he came in as a rookie and averaged 24 points a game yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm i'm still taking him over any of the other old guys eckler cook he's Chubb, the best Kamara. running back prospect uh, of all time that's where we differ yes, correct i'm taking Mixon and eckler over broccoli but we'll, we'll talk about that so but yeah the, i think the best thing about um about barkley is you can you can get him for way less than you've ever been able to get him. Uh, they've they've got a new coach. They've got a new offensive system that they're that they're going to be implementing this season. I think he can't do any worse than he's done um, the last couple seasons with injury and just a horrible offense and really really bad coaching. Um, when if slash when Saquon Barkley puts up RB one numbers this year. Um, that is, I agree with you, Simon. That's where you want to sell him because he yeah. will. He's approaching his fifth year option. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, he, I as think a, this as, is his rookie fifth year contract. Option. Yeah, so this is a contract year for him. Meaning, if slash when he does well this year, he will be getting that big second contract. Will be on that whether that's with another team or on the Giants for the foreseeable future. After this, I. I think he will be a massive sell because people are going to be all high on Barkley again, and yep. you got to remember, 
once he starts his uh, second contract or, or, or second contract, he's going to be like twenty. His value dips from there on out. Yeah. So uh, he's being drafted as the RB twelve right now. Yes. And, and that's stupid. why we like him so that's much at that stupid. price because yeah. his potential is so much higher than RB twelve. Yeah. Barkley at uh, number eight for us in dynasty. He will, he'll never get higher than that. No, I don't think he not will. anymore. Probably not. No. So, uh, but you have Joe Mixon over Saquon Barkley. We both have. Yes. Actually, I have Joe Mixon over Saquon Barkley too. So yes. I technically agree with you there. That was one of the changes I just made. Um, Simon, you're still taking Barkley over Mixon? I uh, yeah yes. Rationale? Uh, because I think the um, cost to benefit ratio <laughs> is, is too good to pass up because the ratio. The, yeah, right. And that's my new stat. <laughs> no, I, I think the the payout that you have. Um, presents a lot more potential with uh, where you're drafting Saquon compared to where you're drafting Mixon because I think you're drafting Mix- Mixon about where he's going to perform. You're drafting Joe Mixon about where he'll, he'll perform, and I think you're drafting Saquon um, where he can either perform 10 spots under that or he can perform as the running back two or three overall yeah. if he's healthy. Yeah. I don't know. Personally, if... Uh I get to a point in, in the draft in a startup where I have the choice between Joe Mixon and Barkley. I am all day. I'm taking Joe Mixon. I don't so. necessarily blame you there. Yeah. I, I'm not going to trash you for that. Uh, but then that's the end of that tier. So J.K. Dobbins and Joe Mixon and Saquon Barkley are all in the same tier. Uh, this next tier is interesting. And this is where it gets fuzzy because Wild. a lot of these guys, you just don't prefer them one over the other at this point. Uh, if right. you're giving me a choice between Eckler and Cook and Gibson and Chubb and Kamara and you just give me one of them, Depends. I'm not sure that I'm upset with any of them. No. Nope. I'm, uh, and honestly, you could add Derrick Henry to that. Uh, yeah, you could. And that would probably be it. Definitely, that's, that is that is where you draw the line, yeah. for sure. So yeah. it, it, so we're talking about Eckler no, and Gibson. Well, I said Gibson. Did yeah. you? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. So Well, Nathan does prefer one of them over the others. I, I prefer Eckler over all of them. Yeah. Of course. But um, Are you with me, Simon? Like, you don't really prefer yeah, one not, or the I'm other Yeah, I'm not here. that bullish I on these any are, of them. I think those are fine guys to have in your, like... S- I do think if, if this if this if if one of these guys is your RB1, though, that could be problematic on a contending team. Like, I, th- yes. I think you're good to go get one of these top nine guys, top eight guys, and roll with it. So... Um, this is exactly why I have Eckler over Barkley, though. Are you are you really are you really telling me that you're gonna go? Oh my goodness! Let, can we take a break here and talk about yeah, that? Yeah, go for it. Just, men- just mention it. Okay. Um, Simon and Avery just started another dynasty startup draft, and with the 104 um, after Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Herbert went, which is a good top to three, by the way. Yes, with the 104, someone just took Joe Burrow. Can I recommend you don't do that? Okay, don't do it. Here, I have a stipulation on this: if passing touchdowns are six points in your league, I'm taking Joe Burrow at the 104. Sure. If if passing touchdowns are four points and rushing touchdowns remain at six, I'm taking. Not Joe Burrow there because um, because rushing 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 QBs have that added fifty percent bonus for their those touchdowns. You and know, let's not forget Joe Burrow does not have rushing upside. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you're still taking Eckler though. I get that. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Eckler, and you know, I'm just going to be a hundred percent honest with you guys. 
between Eckler and Cook and Gibson and Chubb and Kamara, I, you could rank them any way, and I probably wouldn't care. And as far as their situation goes, I think we could elaborate a little bit more on Antonio Gibson. But like with Eckler, Cook, Chubb, and Kamara, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about these guys. They're they're in pretty similar situations here. Uh, the, you know they're going to produce ne- this year. You know they're eventually going to start dropping off. They're all about the same spot. With Gibson, he is a young guy, but the reason that he is lower than some of these guys or you have him in the mix with some of these guys is because you worry, number one, about his situation in Washington, and number two, he wasn't even a running back to begin with. Now, while that can be concerning, that also can be a good thing because he's fairly fresh in terms of carries and touches. Like, you know, he And he can receive the ball. He's and He was a wide receiver. And yeah. I think he does well with wins, too. Uh, but at the same time, being on the commanders, like Running I backs think, have put up decent numbers with Wentz. Yeah. So yeah, they absolutely have. And yeah. I, I'm not, I, I'm like, I'm not really buying commanders players right now. I just have a little bit of um, hesitancy to even buy somebody who's on the, even like Scary Terry, like that, that organization is just kind of, I don't know. I'm just, I'm worried about coaching slash roster turnover there. And, if Scary Terry went somewhere else, that would be intriguing. But like, I just with Antonio Gibson, I think if he were on a different team, it would be different. But there's just still, I think, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of yet to be seen from Antonio Gibson. It will be interesting to see if he can produce at a high level again this year. Uh, and you know, with with guys like Kamara, I do think Kamara is a bit of a buy right now because even though our model doesn't say he's a buy. I like Kamara because I am getting him like in the fifth round of startup drafts, and I don't really think he should be falling that far. So I guess if he's going like in the third or fourth round of a startup draft, he's probably not a buy. But if somebody's valuing him that low, like be, make sure to take Kamara. He's going to be productive again, probably for an, another year or two at least. And he's ultra productive, and he's still going to be on a Saints team that's not super good at passing the ball, and he's going to get a lot of checkdowns. I yes, think. you're so, right. So yeah, what do you guys have to say about these these last four or five guys? Uh, I think Eckler, uh, and the more I thought about it just in this conversation, I think Eckler is the clear, the the guy I want over the others. Yes. Well, clear, not necessarily. I, I want Eckler yes. the most out of them. He was the RB, RB2 last year. His opportunities are incredible. He's on a, uh, on a heavy, high-powered offense. Yes. Uh, he's going to get touchdowns. He's going to get touches. He's going to get checkdowns. He's going to mm-hmm. get targets. All of that. He also, um, he seems to be the the more durable out of the Dalvin Gibson group um yes. and then and then Chubb is in a uh is in a committee so that's my my gripe with him mm. and Kamara no longer has Sean Payton he has Jameis Winston as his quarterback and talk about Gibson though because you have him ranked at 13 I do have Gibson ranked at 13 okay so here's um Gibson has I feel like we have all been holding out for Gibson to get his bell cow role for so long now. For so long. It was only two, two seasons. Years. Yeah. It's yeah. not that long. Yeah. I'm exaggerating. Long. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't really seemed to get it. They've kept JD McKissick around and he's been a major part of that offense even still. I mean, um, and, and Gibson doesn't seem quite as durable as I'd like out of my bell cow running back. Uh, he's good every time I watch him. He watch, he passes what we call you know the eye test. He always looks good. He looks efficient, but um, is is he really capable of staying healthy for a whole season long enough to make him be a, a an RB one um, to have him be that? And uh, at this point, I'm not willing to discount his age over the surefire elite production of guys like Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara. So, 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, like I said, I really do not prefer. I don't prefer one of these guys over the other. I do not prefer Eckler over these guys. I just don't. I, I just gets down in this range, and I just don't know what to do with them. So I, I technically have Eckler ranked the highest out of all of them, but that just doesn't mean much because I could easily put Dalvin Cook above Eckler, and I'd be like, yeah, that that works. Yeah, and I actually could even put Alvin Kamara over Eckler, and I'd be like, yeah, that probably works too. So I don't. I just. I think there's. I think it's really hard to rank these running backs once you get down in here. The, uh, is, can what, I go say ahead. something? No. Uh, okay, thank you. The biggest, the biggest advantage that I personally believe Eckler has over any of these guys is uh, 94 targets, 70 receptions, 647 receiving yards, and eight receiving touchdowns. That's on top of 12 rushing touchdowns this past year, and he was a running back two overall. Yes. I. Well, it's fine. How many did Kamara have? Even if his rushing upside declines a little bit as an aging running back, and he's not even he he's not as old as I think people think he is. He's still twenty six. He will be twenty seven soon. Um, but yeah, I, I just everything about his situation in in L A um, with Herbert, I just I love. I think having Mike Williams and Keenan Allen as um, deep threats is huge specifically Mike Williams is huge as a deep threat because that opens up like we said that opens up the middle of the field for Eckler and he got so many of those opportunities all the time and when when a, when the rushing upside of a running back declines sometimes for for the Where guys that look? last yeah. a little bit longer you look for the receiving yeah upside. you look to their hands and clearly that is that is way more sustainable I think for Eckler than any than anyone else and that's actually that's why I have him ranked over Barkley, Eckler is Eckler is That's gross. Nathan Barkley is going to be a sell before so, Eckler is a sell for me. No, no. Uh, I think yes. through I this think point in his a, career, Eckler kind of so. maintains a hold status because you're not going to get the return that his. Oh, we've that had his this conversation before. I think yeah. I think if anything, they're going to end up being sold at the same time. But I, hmm. it just logically, it makes more sense for Eckler to fall off before Barkley does. Eckler's older, right? I mean. Barkley could have plenty of receiving. Uh, who knows what yeah, Barkley's yeah, going to do in this? Catches the ball well. Yes. Yeah, he had That's like the thing though. It's yes. like, but I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see. We have Derrick Henry out of our top twelve, which I don't think is uncommon no, really at this point. 12. But like, yeah, we have that because yeah. of his age. You're right. And he's starting to get hurt a little um, bit more. But, but if he, and I mean, Taylor's if he goes better. up and puts another insane, puts yeah, up another insane Taylor, year, not then Henry. our opinion might change. Yeah, if you're a Titans so, fan and you're listening to this, we hate. We hate Derrick Henry, first of all. And second of all... He drives us crazy. So I have him on like four teams, but yeah. And, well, if we're continuing your roster, he's a decent buy. But you're talking about not Dynasty, just the, in the NFL, Jonathan Taylor is just so much better at football than Derrick Henry. Like, I can't even begin to describe the difference in talent and production. <laughs> I, it's just... I, the Titans, Preach it, brother. The, 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 the Titans, man, I'll tell you what. They Not only do they suck, like, how do you go out there... <laughs> it, how do you go out there and oh get, the, get the one seed in the AFC and then just literally crap the bed in the playoffs <laughs> wait didn't they throw an interception on the first play of the game against the no Bengals? no way no way okay didn't, i mean didn't they crap on the colts for that didn't i mean the colts kind of crapped the bed in the last two games of the season yeah. i mean ten, we, don't Nashville, 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 we don't have much room to talk Nashville, okay, carson, carson bench was just dude bad. okay but bad. but honestly um, like I, I would almost there's not much difference between us doing that and then getting the one seed and then crapping out in the playoffs. Derrick Henry is, is the closest. That's pretty equivalent. That's true. Yeah, the, Derrick Henry is the closest thing to uh, a, a CMC cheat code at this point in time. Probably yeah, but I just I do yeah. same thing with him. I see him getting injured still a little bit, and but we agree more on Derrick Henry than we do CMC. I do have Derrick Henry a little bit lower, but um, 
Even then, I just Titans fans suck. Um, uh, Nathan's talking about Kamara's targets and everything. Uh, we are all over the place today, aren't we? Well, but um, we're kind of walking. Uh, he was talking about Eckler's targets. targets yeah. Kamara was number one in target share among running backs at twenty point two percent. That is Kamara's a beast, man. Every five plays, Kamara's getting one point from a target plus the yards afterwards. Not counting the rushes he gets in between those. Yeah, and note. With that being said, we still have him ranked outside of our uh, composite top twelve. He's at thirteen. Kamara, um, yeah, we have Jeez. Chubb over him. I think. I, uh, have, we, I think before the Deshaun Watson move, that would have been flipped. We have Chubb him. We have him in the top, top 12. twelve. You and I do. Yeah, but we have no, Chubb. We have Chubb have out of the top twelve. Yes, you have. You have Chubb. Yeah, yeah. Con- the difference is Simon has Chubb at eleven. I do have Chubb at eleven. Rip. Should I explain that? I don't yeah, really. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Deshaun Watson opens up the door for yeah. a, a high-powered. Nick Chubb's a, a running back. A high, yeah, and Nick Chubb's an amazing running back, and, and it opens if, up the door for. Huntley I keep is. saying this: a high-powered offense in in Cleveland now, because they're just they're going to have more opportunities to score. I mean, before the, the opportunities, I feel like we're kind of few and far between with Baker Mayfield because the Browns kind of depended on their defense to win games, and then Nick Chubb. It was the defense and Nick Chubb that was Cleveland. Uh, and now it's going to be, all right, we actually have a good offense now. They have Amari Cooper, they have Nick Chubb, they have Kareem Hunt, they have Deshaun Watson, they have an amazing defense. Yeah, and also with Chubb, I think game for game, you trust Kamara more to put up more points than Chubb does because of the committee running back system that uh, the Cleveland Browns have had historically in the last few years. However, that is, I think, that's why I have him just one spot ahead of Kamara. Again, this is uh, this is one for one. This is either or. Um, I just went with Chubb. And be over Kamara because they're relatively the same age and Kamara's been the bell cow running back for New Orleans for what six years now and he's produced yeah. every single year but again that's gonna fall off at some point and Nick Chubb even though he's roughly the same age he just has less wear and tear than Kamara does not even injury wise he just he, you know like there there's a lot of wear and tear when it comes to that's why running backs don't get paid as much because their careers don't last as long that's common sense so uh, either or for me. Also, oh yeah, another another factor for me was uh, Kamara's off-the-field issues, which probably more likely than not won't amount to much, but I think the biggest fear is um, this year he could maybe even end up having like a mid-season suspension like Zeke Elliott had that one year, and that can really screw people's teams um, in Dynasty. Yeah, Dynasty yeah. I, I don't know how so Kamara walks look away out for without that. Yeah, Chubb, uh the only thing keeping Chubb away from the game would be another injury. But yeah. with Deshaun Watson coming in, I, I think it's actually going to help him. So I, I don't think I have anything else to say about this tier of running backs. If you guys have any other notes on these this last tier of running backs, nah. we, we can't really figure out how to rank them. I, there's just not a lot I have to yeah. say about them. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, with that being said, uh, we're going to wrap this up. I'll give you our consensus rankings one more time. Uh, at number one, we have Jonathan Taylor. Number two, we have DeAndre Swift. Number three, we have Javante Williams. Number four, we have Christian McCaffrey. Number five is Najee Harris, followed by number six, J.K. Dobbins. Number seven is Joe Mixon. Number eight is Saquon Barkley. Number nine is Austin Eckler. Number 10 is Dalvin Cook. Number 11 is Antonio Gibson. And number 12 is Nick Chubb. We tell you this every week, and we're not going to spend more than five seconds saying it, but if you like the show, rate it. And if you don't, don't rate it. And that was five seconds. Uh, yeah, I mean, just not going to name names, but listening to some other podcasts, um, we don't want to become a podcast that spends half of our time talking about 
ads or, or, or being sponsored, not because, uh, number one, or we don't have sponsors right now, but part of that is because we want to more avoid that and be more of a content based show. Uh, part of the reason that we are doing that and, and part of the ways that we're expanding that is with our new locals site. We have officially released all of our dynasty domain rankings on our locals. Uh, we have gone quite deep into some of these positions, 60 running backs over, I think 75 wide receivers. Uh, yep. I mean, we have a lot of these guys ranked. We spent a ton of time on this. Um, yeah, and we have our own website too. We have, yeah. And so you can find all this at dynastydomain.com. You can get to pretty much anything, our league rules, if you want to join a league, anything like that. And we also have uh, a new tool called the Dynasty Domain CRBST, which stands for Cross-Reference Buy-Sell Tool. And what it does is it puts our rankings up against popular market alternatives like Key Trade Cut or even just ADP data. We have some solid ADP data that we use. And then from that, we determine who are your buys and who are your sales in Dynasty Football right now. And I'll tell you what, we have actually started using our own it's tool. worked. And it's working. I mean, it, it, it's we're not just tooting our own home because like I said, we're not trying to get rich off this. We are not going to profit off this. But we have put it together and we spent a good amount of time on it. And it's pretty cool. And we think it works really well. So if you're interested in any of this, visit our locals page. It's like three bucks a month. So that's three McChickens a month, right? Yeah, yeah. we change it from uh, a standard and a premium of two to five uh, to just a flat rate of three bucks. Or $30 a year. Everything. Or $30 a year. Yeah, or 30 year. Yeah. So, so. Uh, like I said, check it out. We're not going to spend a ton of time talking about this. Uh as always, we appreciate you listening to Dynasty Domain. Tell us where we messed up. Uh, tell us where we're right. And be sure to check us out everywhere, including at DynastyDomain.com. Thank you for listening. This has been Dynasty Domain. <laughs>